Howdy. How you doing? That's a lot to ask. That's a lot to ask how you're doing. Yeah. There's two answers to it. <laughs> fine. I'm doing fine. I'm good. I'm good. If you say anything more, you're an asshole. Exactly. Uh, I'm doing good. No. I forgot about that bit. That was funny. You got me there. I was like, oh, shoot. Something going on? <laughs> nah. Nah. It's it's rolling. We have a lot. Oh, gosh. We have a lot coming up this next week. Yeah. Oh, shoot. We didn't even talk about this. We were talking about what we were going to talk about in the green room. Um. Moon Knight comes out next week. I just realized that. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I know. A lot of things are coming out and ending next week. Like Young Justice comes back next week. Moon Knight comes out next week. Shoot. Attack on Titan ends next week. So there's God. a lot that's rolling out and slash ending next week. So now is Attack on Titan done done? Or is mm-hmm. it continuing? I want to say it's tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. Tomorrow is when we find out if they either do a movie or a season four part three to end the series, which I don't know. I'm not going to theorize because it's irrelevant at this point, but it'll probably be a movie, but I'll probably do a series review because I read something today. Um, Attack on Titan is 20 of the 40 top TV episodes on IMDb. And it's very well-deserved. So I'm excited to talk about it next week after assuming this is the series finale next week. So, but yeah, no, there's a lot this next week. I th- I want to say it's only one episode of Moon Knight. I wish it was two, but I've only heard good things about that. Mm-hmm. And Young Justice is releasing three. Yeah, I think they're kind of doing it as like, kind of like a Hail Mary. They want to see how many people are going to come back and watch it. Because they didn't renew the series until they released part two. And it looks like they're doing the same thing. And they're looking to see how many people actually watch it. And if they'll renew for a season six. Yeah. Five. Five. Season four. Yeah. Five. I couldn't remember. So go and watch Young Justice. Even if you don't like it, just turn it on. (laughs) Play it in the background. Don't even listen. We need it to come back. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how much viewer retention they have. And like, if it will carry as well as they're hoping it does. Well, I feel like they did it on like holding Nightwing's arc for the second one because people want to see that. Yeah, but I think they're not playing it. I think they should do that earlier than later. Yeah. I And I mean, like, I don't think people are a fan of the arc storytelling and that it's individual characters because this is the first time they're doing it, which like when you look at it as like a story as like, Oh, just people trying to watch the show. I can see how people don't like it. I think it's a better storytelling perspective, but yeah, I don't think it's good in the sense that like people don't like that in this type of show. Like anthology stories. Yeah. I get this. These don't even feel like anthology stories though. They feel like they're building up to something. Like it feels yeah. like each of them like have their own like specific thing. And they'll all come together at the end. Yeah, which I just think people, I, with the type of show that Young Justice is, where it like borders on the line of like being an adult, like television cartoon or a teenager. It, you, it started out as like a kid teenager cartoon, 
I think it's still like trying to find its footing in that sense as well. So I will see. I hope that it will definitely have an announcement by two weeks from now, if there'll be a season five, but I I'm crossing my fingers that there is, mm-hmm. but yeah. And then Morbius comes out on Friday, which I don't care about. And I'm not going to talk about. It looks so bad. Yeah. I'm not going to go see that. Um, but. Yeah. I will see Moon Knight though. That looks fire. Oscar Isaac can do no wrong. No, he cannot. And I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see where that will go. Cause it looks like actually Netflix Marvel where they actually do serious tones. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause people are, pit- parents are pissed about that. They're like, Disney plus is for my kids. It's like, yeah, well there's a thing called parental controls for a reason. Yeah. Cause they just put the Netflix TV shows on there and they asked like, do you want like, it's like age restricted content or something. Yeah. So say no. the Netflix shows were definitely, you know, metal to say the least. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, oh, I don't want that on my Disney Plus. It's like, cool, then just turn on your content restrictions, and you won't see it. Yeah, it, it's exciting though. I'm, I'm excited to see Moon Knight. I've been missing, not missing. <coughs> excuse me, Bless not you. missing Marvel, but um, interesting Marvel content. Yeah, something that is new and fresh, I guess. And a lot of it feels the same. Yeah. So, ah, I'll say I'll tell you, I'll say that the TV shows are the it's what it need it's what Marvel needed to establish new and fresh because every single show had a different feel. Hawkeye is the thing that felt most like a Marvel movie, which is why I was very ho hum on it. Um, even though I thought it was going to be my favorite, but like WandaVision didn't feel like a Marvel movie till like near the end. Um. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I guess, did feel like a movie, but like I enjoyed it. Loki was very interesting. Um, is there any? That was it. It was just yeah. what if then? Yeah, what if was cool. Um, nah, it sucked. Parts of it were cool. Yeah, but as like a series overall, there were okay. more boring episodes than great episodes. Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I'd agree with that. Um. But Moon Knight looks just totally, Gas. yeah, totally in left field, doing its own thing. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm very excited to see it. And then it's just wild that they're doing a show about Moon Knight. I, I'm, I'm very. The marketing team deserves all the praise they can get. Um, it's insane. Yeah, oh, we talk about marketing team. That's what I, I keep. I've kept forgetting what I wanted to record with you. And now I remember that we're talking about it. What Season three of the boys. Oh shoot. That's right. I guess we don't need to go like that. doesn't need to be like a big thing, but I do want to chat about that actually briefly. There's like three main things that I want to talk about. Season three of the boys completely mm-hmm. shifting gears, um, which is way in yeah. such, such a good show, such a fresh show. Oh my God. Now, it's like the first that like, innovative not innovative but like it's the first like actually i don't know make superheroes not on the high pedestal that people put them on which i love even our parents love them when people say gritty and realistic shows i hate the word i hate when people use the term gritty to describe things but um the boys is like the most legitimate and like i would say legitimate interpretation of 
superheroes in the real world. They're going to be corporatized and they're going to be privatized. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have to like sign sponsor use deals and like just for the money machine. They'll use them to make movies and you know, sell, mm-hmm. sell comics and all that stuff. Yeah. I But I wanted to talk about the, briefly. The trailer itself was whoever Wild. marketed that trailer and whoever created it and did the editing for it. They deserve like a promotion and like the biggest raise that they can get because it was such a good trailer with it's zero so dialogue. Wild. I know the trailer had zero dialogue in it and like they didn't really reveal anything speaking wise dialogue wise about like what's going to happen. They only did it like visually just like through actions of characters and like emotions, which was so good. The biggest thing that like is like the takeaway for me, which was early in the trailers, like I guess Billy Butcher now soup yeah i guess he's a soup now which like he was totally against which i was kind of i'm curious if that's actually real or if that's like a dream that he has i don't know i think that'd be kind of wild if it was real i know i i don't know i because i read something saying because i know there's comics based off of it and they said in the comics they do take uh v what is it compound v Compound V. Yeah, I know it's something with v. I know there's Vought and then I know they take compound V to sort of just be able to stand toe to toe with the superheroes because at a point it's like you're just normal people fighting superheroes, but I think yeah. they just take it for like the uh the invulnerability, like of like getting absolutely clapped by a superhero, but like they don't take it for like super speed, like A train or yeah. the light fixtures like Starlight and the laser but in this, in the trailer, it looked like Billy has like heat laser vision. vision yeah yeah so i it seems like it might be differing from the comics i've never read the comics so i'm not gonna act like oh it should follow it but i don't know i'm, I'm very excited to see it i'm surprised a train is still kicking in it as well i thought that guy i thought he's toast he's been dead like at the end of every season it seems like yeah you just speedsters never die unless you're the flash um yeah i know i'm really excited to see the boys because I do of all of like modern superhero characters in general, Homelander has got to be on the top. Like just a super, like of superheroes ever made in general. Like you have Batman, I would say is number one, just like in general people that is the most garners the most attention. Um, I would say Iron Man is very interesting as well. And then after him, I think you got to go with Homelander. I think Homelander is one of the most complex superheroes since I couldn't even tell you. Yeah. I I mean, Batman, I guess you could say he's the most complex, but like, just cause he's got so much going on. Um, but Homelander took that and turned that shit up to 11. It's, it's completely different. Cause I mean, Homelander, like he has the power of like a God and he grew up in a lab without any parents. And I just think, now that being said homeland's character i guess it's he's not like the way that they wrote his character it's not like that groundbreaking it's like an interesting take on it i think credit goes to anthony star who's oh my performance God. he sells the character of homeland better than i think anybody else could have like he is terrifying as Homelander. yeah yeah like you want to talk about breakthrough roles like that I'm yeah. surprised he's not getting cast in more movies that like big public movies after like a performance he gives us Homelander like 
He's insane oh. as Homelander. I love. I, I remember watching season two and he laser visions like the crowd, like mentally in his head. So yeah, he doing that, and I was like, "No way, this is actually happening." Now, I obviously the series is going to build to Homelander. I assume it's going to build to Homelander losing his freaking mind and just killing so much of humanity. But like Omni Man, I can't wait for that to happen. Yeah, I'm so hyped. But I mean, still another, like three months away. Now that I think about this, Amazon superhero shows that they have are like Great. probably the most interesting. Like Invincible, like we're talking about, like because like you should start talking about the boys and I started thinking about Invincible. I'm like, shoot, when are we going to get Invincible season two? It's not for a while. J.K. Simmons has said that it's imminent, but they haven't even started like doing the animations yet. And it being a hand drawn animation, um, they have to like draw out the panels on like a cg 3d modeled animation where like you can reuse those character models and pump it out like nobody's business yeah so yeah dude like invincible and the boys are like if you're an adult like yeah like if you're an adult because like i know like mom and dad listen to this and i don't know if like other like established adults listen to us if you do shout out um and you're not like into like the, like because we talk about like you know like in young justice stuff like you have to be kind of like grow up with it to enjoy and understand everything but like dude invincible and the boys is just like stuff you can just pick up as an adult like because my mom and dad are a perfect example like they love the boys yeah no the boys is i i would recommend the boys to any person that's like over the age of like 16 15 yeah. 15 or 16 like i'd say you should definitely watch the boys like once yeah. you get to like that certain age i think anyone can watch it but in the case with like young justice if you're over the age of like 25 26 i'd kind of be like eh, maybe it might not be for you yeah if you like comic books and you just never seen it before you'd enjoy it mm-hmm. but like invincible is another one of those things like yeah it's an animated cartoon but it's so like relatable and it's yeah. not like kitty well, I think everyone who watches Invincible relates to the fact that they fucking hate Amber. Yeah, everybody hates Amber. She's, She's so annoying. I know you're Invincible, Mark, but I'm still breaking up with you. It's like, oh, makes sense. It's like, yeah, not like the guy had to go save the world. She's like, you ditched out on my family helping at the soup kitchen. It's like, well, not like he died. Yeah, like not like five he, times. Not like he had to go fight his dad. Um, sorry. Spoiler alert! If anybody hasn't seen Invincible, yeah, um, it's a, it's been a year. Yeah, it's been yeah, it has been a year. Go watch. Um, but yeah, no, there's a lot coming out. So I just that completely sidetracked off. But I was wanting to talk about the boys for a while because the, the trailer like came out and I didn't see it until last week, and it came out like two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I it just kind of went under the radar. And I saw it and I was like, oh, I didn't even know that this trailer came out. But yeah, yeah, that's that's exciting. But they did release something else this week that we can actually talk about that. We don't have to wait to see. Oh, dude. So people were hot and cold on seeing the Joker at the end of the Batman. And Matt Reeves had confirmed that there was another Joker scene filmed. Well, you got to rataalada.com I actually got one of the riddles um, I was trying to do all the riddles by myself and then I got lost I, I got the Joker one um, I just typed in Joker because I was like oh what's I don't know whatever regardless they released the Joker clip with him and the Batman in Arkham so Batman brings in like the file on Riddler and 
he get like he like gets the Joker's viewpoint on it, dude. I, the, I I've rewatched the scene. At first, I liked it. I was like, okay, I don't know how I feel about this. And then I watched it again. I was like, oh, I like this. And then I watched it again. I'm like, oh, I really like this. Um, what did you think watching the scene? Because I know well, you had so a different thought. There's two things that we can talk about, and I'll ask you first. Do we want to talk about the scene itself and like just like the interaction between the characters or the performances and like how it fits within the movie and the tone? Um, okay. Let's talk about the scene, like the, the interaction. Okay. So just between not the regarding performances. Yeah, no, the scene itself, I mean, like, it's 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 a really good scene. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I I I think the way he goes into Arkham and he's trying to find he's trying to relate to a serial killer that he's already apprehended and he's trying to get what his insight is on it. I think it's a, it's an interesting concept and I like it. And the scene itself where they never fully show you the face of, um, Barry Kigogan, Joker, Keegan, Keegan, whatever, how, whatever the Joker's actor's name is, however you pronounce his last name. I'm sorry. I can't think it. I think it's Keegan. I've heard it pronounced that way on other podcasts. Barry Keegan. Well, I butchered that. Um, but you never see his, one. you never see his face fully. And it's always like the top half or the bottom half of his face. I like how they kind of dance around that. And they try to keep that like, not, it's not like a secret, but they don't want to, you know, give you that full satisfaction of like, Oh, here's what he actually fully looks like. And you can like mash up like his top part and his bottom part to see what he looks like. But um, the scene itself, though, I think I love how they try to relate to one another. Um, and I'll let you go more into that. But because I wanted to talk about something that I haven't seen talked about. I, I don't know if they're going to use this now with how he gets out of Arkham, but I haven't seen anyone talk about this. I've watched the scene four times now. Um, it starts out where Batman is handing him the files mm-hmm. under yeah. the slider. And it's like has Riddler's file on it, like you had said, and there's a paperclip that connects it. Now, I don't know if this is like because it's a deleted scene and it wasn't in the movie or if it was something like when they were creating it. But when he hands the files back, the paperclip is missing from it. And I haven't seen anyone talk about this. I can't imagine that this is just like a coincidence and that like the paperclip is just missing from the file folder. I could see that possibly being because this seems like it's part of the movie. Like if I feel like they wouldn't reveal this and like not like have it. Because you and I create that mental image in our head where, like, the deleted scene from The Last Jedi, like, some of the deleted scenes from Star Wars The Last Jedi are, like, actually part of the movie. It's just, for some reason, they weren't in the final cut. Like, but those are actually, like, parts of the movie. I feel like this is one of those same things where it's, like, this is part of the movie. It just didn't make it into the cut because it just didn't flow with the rhythm of things. But, I don't know. I mean, the paperclip was missing, and wherever Joker shows up next, I feel like he's the clown prince of crime. He's an agent of chaos. Yeah, but yeah, no, I see where you're going. I, I, I want to backpedal a little bit before we get to that point where we think he's showing up next. But um, I like how this scene established like how smart the Joker is. He looks at he looks at the files like, oh, I know exactly who this guy is. Like I know exactly like he's nobody. He's just, it's very personal to him. Like he figured it out like this. Like and like I love I love how he like points out to him. He's like, you know it too. Like you realize this. You just you're afraid that you think these people deserve it and you agree with him um i loved that interaction it's very hannibal lecter-esque um and 
I think people I've heard. Yeah, I don't know. I love Barry Keegan's take on the Joker. I think it's very, it's very comic accurate. And I always say that a lot, but like, it just feels like Batman or like the Joker from the Arkham games to me. I disagree completely. I don't think he feels anything like what I would imagine the Joker being like. Um, I honestly wasn't a big fan of the way that he did his portrayal in this. I think it was worse than his portrayal that he did in the movie that made the final cut with him talking with um, the Riddler. Really? I I didn't think it was that good. He's like slurring his words, which I get is how his character goes. And like, I like the way he's, I like how he's standing above him mentally. Like he, he has the mental high ground in this. And like, he's basically like dominating the conversation that's happening. Even though Batman has the physical presence, and he sort of is like the dominant figure in this interaction with them. You can tell that he's not in control of the scene and the Joker is, which I'm a fan of. But when it just comes down to Barry's performance, I'm not a big fan of it. I don't think he gives that great of a Joker performance. And I just don't like, I don't know if it's the way he's like talking and like trying to act as the Joker. It's just not, it doesn't bode well with me. I don't think it's that great. What do you think of the laugh? Not a fan of it either. You're not a fan of the laugh. I love it, the laugh. It it feels very forced, which like I get the Joker does like a forced laugh, but I mean, it just, I don't know. Something about it doesn't sit well with me and I might change as time goes on. But I mean, when I first watched the scene, I was kind of like, you hated it. Well, I mean, I don't, I, I guess like it just feels clunky kind of like okay. it, it doesn't feel like it would have fit in the movie. Because each scene in the movie like progresses to the next scene and like is important. I don't know where this would fit within the movie. So it just I, I wasn't a big fan of his performance, and I'm glad that it didn't make the final cut. Um, I here's yeah, I have very different thoughts on that. Um, I well, I obviously said I enjoyed the scene, but. I will say that I agree that it shouldn't have been in the movie mainly just because like it would, people would have been like, Oh my God, it's the Joker. It's the Joker. It's the Joker. And that's all they would have talked about. They, I, I feel like he would have stolen a lot of the spotlight from the Riddler. Um, I like the performance. I just don't, I'm glad they didn't put it in the movie just because like I feel like that would have stole a lot of the thunder. However, I'm glad they released it because when you say like when you talk about the paper clip, what is he going to do next? I and I'm now I realize why Matt Reeves like, "Oh, we're not doing the GCPD show anymore. We're going to do an Arkham show." And I'm like, well, "What are you going to do in an Arkham show? Like, who's an Arkham like now I see more of the the Joker. I'm like, "Oh, this is going to be like a Joker Arkham show." Like and what I kind of want to see with the Joker, like in this Reeves Batman Reeves universe or Reeves Batman universe is how like the Joker is kind of like just assembling all of the, the bad guys in prison. And then he like uses them, like manipulates them to get him out and cause havoc in Gotham. But that's my out there theory. What do you think? Where do you want to see that with him? Uh, no, I know I, I, I could see that happening. I don't have, I think that would probably be like the safest I mean, unless if it just like doesn't use them at all, like it's either they use them or they don't. Um, I feel like that'd either be like a hot or cold thing. I we won't know until they actually start doing production for the series because 
I think keeping his one scene from the movie under wraps that still got leaked. It'll be hard to keep him under wraps for an eight episode series, probably let's yeah. say six episode series. So I think we'll find out a little more as it gets closer to it. Um, but I don't disagree with anything you said on it. I honestly don't think I could come up with a better theory myself on it, but I just, uh, I don't know. I didn't really blow me out of the water. Like it did with everyone else. I kind of felt like, eh, it was, it came and it went. I liked the interaction between the two. I liked the, the scene itself, but it just, the performance, it wasn't there for me. And as time goes on and we see more of him, which we will, obviously it's not like they cast him and they never use him again. I'll get a better feeling for whether I like him or not, because I still am indifferent on him. That's fair. Um, where do you want to see him next? Do you want to see him in the Batman movies? Do you want to like, obviously like the Arkham show, he's going to be in that. Like you can't like ignore him since he is the unnamed Arkham inmate. Still, they haven't called him the Joker yet. Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not certain. I think it'll be, it would be in that, in the Arkham series, but I, we had said when we talked about the Batman that we won't see him in the sequel and we wouldn't want to see him in the sequel. We wouldn't want to see him until the third movie when they do it. Um, yeah, I would. Okay. I'd be okay with seeing him in the sequel. If he appears in a similar role as he did in well, this yeah. scene, that's, I think that's what like, mm-hmm. he's not playing a major role where he's, he's not directly affecting the plot. Like he could do mm-hmm. like, he might have more of a bigger role where like he pushes someone over the edge to do something that would benefit him when it comes to like the long run of how it sets up the third movie. But I think of like it directly overall affecting like the story for what would come in the sequel. I don't want that just yet. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. I agree. Um, Anything else you want to say on the Joker? I don't have anything with it. I mean, we'll, we'll I, it's just time will tell with how it goes with him. Yeah. Uh, how would you compare him to, I, before we move on, because you said you're not a fan of his portrayal. How would you compare him to walk? How would you compare him to Joaquin Phoenix? Because I know Heath Ledger's the gold standard. I like, uh, I, I just don't like how young he looks. You know, like he, how young the Joker looks. He just seems, I don't know. I don't know what's up with him. He just the face of him, like the prosthetics and the makeup of it look good. But I just something about like, I don't know. It just doesn't sit well with me. So in your like mental headcanon, how old is the Joker? And like, cause like, so Batman's like what? Like late twenties, early thirties. Mid thirties. I imagine him like being like 45. You imagine the Joker being like 45, like no 15 years older than the Batman. Let's say. Yeah. Okay. I don't imagine him being like, he looks younger than Batman in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just imagine it as Batman chasing around some juvenile then. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I get that. Um, Interesting. Interesting folks. And that's how you have a civil discussion about things you don't disagree. You don't agree with on the internet instead of screaming at each other, saying each other's stupid. I I haven't read too much to see what other people think about it, so I 
I really couldn't say if I'm in the majority or minority. I if I was to bet, I'm probably in the minority with this. You're definitely in the minority with this, and it's interesting, and that's why we I enjoy podcasting with you because you bring things to the table that most people don't. Um, you just like podcasting with me because I'm an, an idiot. Oh. <laughs> um. Anyways, um, speaking of. I don't. I, there's no real. I, I don't really have a good transition for this. But um, so moving into Star Wars, I guess. So there's a new book coming out, um, about Luke and Le- so it basically took my idea for the start because when we went and made our um series that we would make if we could make a Star Wars series, I had one where it's like Luke discovering the Sith or whatever with Lando or whatever. And there, I guess it's now a book, but and it's not what I had planned. Um, and you and I are a little disappointed that it's coming out as a book, but, um, so this book is about Luke and Lando 20 years after return of the Jedi discovering this Sith on Exegol, Luke, Luke finding Exegol, you're like discovering a new Sith menace. Um, and then they also talk about Ochi of Bastoon is on a mission to find the granddaughter of Darth Sidious, who we all know is a Ray and bring her back to Exegol. So. Um, I'm excited that it's a like the story's being told. I just really wish it wasn't a book. <laughs> yeah, I I read through some of it from what you had said to me about it. I it's it's another Star Wars book that I think could be adapted just as well into a series. Mm-hmm. So, and again, like I, when I say adapted into a series, like it doesn't need to be live action. Like, yeah, it would be great if it was live action, but like they can do these things in like the animation forms that they have. Like the star mm-hmm. Wars, like when it takes the screen as like a cartoon style, I don't, it's seen some of its best storytelling in that medium. So I guess mm-hmm. it's just disappointing to see it yet again as another book, because a lot of the books hold like some of the best star Wars content. And yet, they never take the jump like and like try to create these as a series and that might be due to limitations but yeah yeah i don't know i guess there is a lot going on over at marvel right now or not marvel um disney with their disney plus stuff um so i guess like with stories like this do you want to see like a full like live action series do you want to see it animated well, I mean, I like with this story specifically. Yeah. Either or again, like I just I wish it was something that would come to the screen because I I want to see. I'd rather watch these characters and see how a director or creator for these series. It, when you interpret characters and how they act and what their motives are, it's for you to take in. And that's how you're supposed to interpret it the creator of the show creates that painting though, and they give it to you and you interpret it how it's been created. I think within a book there's, you can create that mental image in your head, but I just think the idea of having someone create it and sort of guide it for you and send it to you. Like it makes it sound, makes me sound lazy. It's like, I don't want to read a book, but I mean, I'd rather see how the creators of this would want it to be visualized for us Mm -hmm. to start like creating like, these images for how is Luke Skywalker reacting in the scene? How is Lando interacting with the scene? 
and how is like the in-between of like before Palpatine makes his return and post his death. Mm-hmm. I'm also just interested in seeing like Luke and Lando interact. Cause like, you never really see that happen. Like, no, ever. you don't. I couldn't Which tell you how much dialogue they have with each other in the original trilogy. Cause it's that little, the little blurb at the end of empire. Oh, um, they don't speak at all. No, they don't speak at all. Yeah. Um, Oh, there's something I want. Yeah. Because I just remember, um, when like the in I forget when in the sequel trilogy like oh yeah Luke and Lando went searching for Ochi Shin I'm like why was it those two? Those the only two that were still alive probably that couldn't mess with the story. Well yeah but like Han was still around, Leia was still around. It's just like it's interesting that they chose Lando. Who knows? Yeah. Um. They're picking things and just choosing what they want, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I know people like I know we talk about like how much we want to see them like get out of like the star- the Skywalker saga, but like I don't know. Whatever whatever they're planning with this Lando series, I do want to see stuff in between like a new hope and Empire Strikes Back. Like that'd be kind of cool. Or like Empire and Return of the Jedi. Like I do like I do I am interested in that period of like the Galactic Civil War. that's what i you and i have said that like that's what we want to see we wanted to see a galactic civil war tv show but that's rebels unfortunately which doesn't isn't our favorite star wars show yeah i tried watching got like 20 seconds and then i got tired but now it's just i mean i i think this time gap between in the sequel trilogy needs the most development though for like stories and characters and just motives. So it makes sense why they're sticking with it because I feel like the original trilogy is like the most rock solid one where it's like, you can't, you, you know where the galaxy's at, you know what the state is, you know where the Jedi stand, you know where the Sith stand, you know, the rebellion and the empire. I think that's like the most, like nothing's really inconsistent. Yeah. And like, I think with now, the Kenobi series and the bad batch sort of like, I think that'll solidify the prequels as well. Yeah. Cause they already got the clone wars that bolstered that baby up. Yeah. And I think the bad batch is sort of helping like tie the bow between like the transition between the original, the prequels and the originals. Yeah. And then Dave's doing God's work with the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. which I think then is the same thing, trying to tie the bow between the originals and the sequels. God, I love the Mandalorian. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just a book, I guess. I will I read it. I'm gonna be honest. I probably won't, but I'll probably try and read like what the big things are that happen within it to see, yeah, if there's something that like is holds the potential for a future story to be told in a sequel book or a sequel series that's created. Um, mm-hmm. I'm curious to see though what the main antagonist is at this point, because Luke isn't supposed to know about um, Palpatine. So Mm -hmm. I'm curious, like, do we see him stumble across uh, Snoke or is it a new threat that we see with like Ochi specifically? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just excited to see who Ochi is instead of a skeleton. Yeah. I, I, who knows? I, I, I 
didn't expect them to make this book, but I mean, they pump out these Star Wars books. Like there's like three a year. It seems like like three big ones a year. Yeah. When is the next phase of the High Republic coming out? It's not like the end of the year. I want to say. Oh, rats. Um, that's lame. Yeah. Um. Alrighty. Well, I have compiled. This is shifting gears a little bit. Just for fun, I wanted to like. I wanted to add, I have, I picked out five movies and then we can kind of just talk about the movies themselves. Cause like they're movies you and I enjoy or have an interesting relationship with. Um, and I wanted to ask you, so I, ha- I have five movies pulled up and I have their rotten tomato scores and I want you to guess the tomato meter of it. And then the audience score of it. And then we can talk about the movies just like as the, like just the, just general thoughts on the movies and how we enjoyed them and stuff. But, um, so the first one I have is Lord of the Rings, the two towers. What do you think the tomato meter score is? I want to say that I know it's not the highest. I know return of the King is the highest rated. Um, sure about that. I want to say I'm like 90% sure of it. I just want you to guess this, and then I'll I'll tell you what the other ones are ranked. Or the, do the other three show up again? Um, no, I'm not going to. No, they don't show up again. But I'll just since you said that, I want I do want to talk about the the other ones' scores compared to it because I think you'd be surprised. I'd probably say the two towers is like an eighty seven, eighty eight. Okay, and what do you think the um? audience score is i can't imagine it's that much different it's probably like a 92 all right well that's a, that is a big difference actually it's like five percent which can make or break a movie for like people watching it the tomato meter for the tomato meter and the audience score are the exact same for the two towers and it is both sitting at a whopping 95 percent. i feel like i knew that they were above 90 um right now okay i was saying my wife i just went whack on me for a second but yeah um it is actually rated the tomato meter is the highest for the or the two towers out of the entire series um and honestly like i've of all the lord of the rings movies i like the two towers the best mm-hmm. um, i think most people do like uh, i remember my roommate sam when he lived with me we were watching we watched the fellowship of the ring he's like i really just watched the fellowship just so we could watch the two towers um yeah fellowship is kind of the worst out of all three which isn't a bad no. movie it's just really i like it. i think um turn of the king's the worst out of all three of them any like in saying it's the worst doesn't mean it's even a, it's it's a it's a it's a really good movie like the lord of the rings movies have like no right for being as great as that they are nah you're wrong there you think i'm wrong sam wise gam she carries physically carries like that last movie yeah, I guess he does. He um, has like one of the he has like the best scene in the whole movie. Carrying Frodo up the mountain. Yeah, I don't think you can get a better, like wholesome, like just moving scene than that of like friendship and like character like development. You mean not him swimming out into the river like in Fellowship of the Ring and then drowning? I don't remember that happening to Sam, but I'm not surprised. Huh? Um but yeah, no. And the audience scores of the other two movies, uh, Fellowship is at a 
and Return of the King's at an 86%. So interesting. 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 Um, so the next movie I have is Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That's tanking. That's like in like the forties. For okay, for the tomato meter. What do you think the tomato meter is? Probably like a forty, like a forty-two. Okay, and what do you think the audience score is? Has to be like a thirty or like a twenty-five. So the tomato. I'll start with the audience score. The audience score is fifty-three percent. Um, I was way off of that. And the tomato meter is seventy-eight. No way. Yeah, it's the critics' consensus is that though the plot elements are certainly familiar, Indiana Jones and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull still delivers the thrills. And Harrison's Ford and Harrison Ford's return in the title role is more than welcome. I'm surprised it's rated that high. I don't know the last time they watched those movies were, but I mean. I just I know when the last time I watched them. I don't think they watched those movies recently, though, because it doesn't hold up. Yeah, that. I just remember laughing at how dumb parts of the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull were. Yeah, like you when had- Shia LaBeouf is fencing the guy in the forest on the trucks that they're driving, and he's yeah, was- crotched by all the plants. Yeah, I was going to say, you got him like swinging from vines and you have like fire ants chasing people at some point in the movie. And then you have like these like racially motivated, like Aztec Native Americans, like jumping out of tombs, bashing people with shovels in their head. It's like a completely off the charts movie, just like no consistency at all all with it. And the aliens showing up at the end and flying away. Yeah, I that was there's, dumb. There's a deeper meaning to the movie somewhere, but I'm not going to think about it. That was. I just remember the end of the movie being like, "This is so dumb." Yeah, and Indiana Jones is friends with some fat loser now who just like betrays him left and right, and like he, I mean, the, everyone hates the micro, the fridge, and the nuclear bomb scene, but like it's, I think it's campy. hilarious. It's campy. It's whatever. I wouldn't be surprised if that made it into the originals as well. Honestly, out of everything that happened in those movies. I wouldn't be surprised if that was like, that's like Temple of Doom. Yeah, like, I was going to say, in Temple of Doom, they like mm, inner tube down a mountain on an mm-hmm. inflatable like raft. Well, they also rip people's hearts out of their body. Yeah, that's like, that is probably the campiest Indiana Jones gets the second one. Yeah, I feel like the third, I feel like, uh, what is the, the Last Crusade is like the most... And I know like Raiders of the Lost Ark is like the first one, but I feel like the last crusade like sort of embodies like Indiana Jones, the best out of all of them. Oh, I don't agree with you at all. I think, <laughs> I think the I first think, one. No, nah, I think the third one is like the best of it. I love you think the third one is the best. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's that's crazy. I have to watch Raiders of the Lost Ark again, actually, because now that I say oh. that it. I love Raiders of the Lost Ark. Did we sh- I do want to rewatch Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, look, I all I know is that Indiana Jones single-handedly defeated the Nazis and saved the world from World War II. So, <laughs> um, well, okay. well, now I want to look at the Last Crusade and see what that's sitting at. Um, oh, there's a huge time gap on these movies back in the 80s. Oh, I guess they were making it in between Star Wars. Okay, shoot. Yeah, it, Raiders of the Lost Ark and 
Last Crusader about sitting at the same for audience scores at like so um Raiders of the Lost Ark is 96% audience, Crusade is 94%, but for tomato meter, Crusade is 88, Raiders has 95. So it's in the ballpark. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um yeah, I don't know. I love Raiders. Temple of, the Lost of Doom Ark. has to be down there as well. <laughs> Temple of Doom's got Temple of Doom's gotta be taking a dump. Um they introduced short round. I love short round. I'm just pissed they never used them again. Um, they're in like oh my God. like Hong Kong and doing some. I don't. Even, it was like a Pulp Fiction scene at the opening of Temple of Doom. Wasn't the Obi Wan? It's like the the Obi Wan Club. Isn't that where they are? I couldn't tell you. I watched those movies sophomore year. I don't know why, but I watched them in like reverse order too. Um, so Temple of Doom is actually an 84 percent tomato meter and 81 percent audience score. I, Temple of Doom is a goofy one. <laughs> it's still fun. It's just, yeah, it's the goofiest of all of them. They end up in a plane and it turns out the pilot is a double agent and he crashes the plane into a mountain. <laughs> I, it's a, they're all three. All three, yeah, because I ignore the fourth one. The fifth one is never going to come out because Harrison no. Ford is still crashing planes left and right and breaking <laughs> his back. It's breaking his leg on Star Wars. Yeah, he's just asking, like, at this point, he's, like, he's just trying to see how many things he can do before, like, one of these, like, crazy, just crazy things that he just chooses to do, like, chooses to, like, completely permanently injure him and put him in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. Um, Yeah, dude, in, Indiana Jones 5 has been, like, delayed, like, I swear to God, since, like, 2018. It's been, like, the Batman yeah, I have no idea when this movie's supposed to come out. I I think Chris Pratt's supposed to be in it, but who knows? Oh God, I love Chris Pratt, but Hollywood has got a boner for certain actors, and Chris Pratt is one of them. I think they hate him now because he's Republican. Oh, I think he got canceled at some point. Oh, uh, well, I think he did. I think he did get canceled at some point. Of course, he did. Well. I don't know. So many people. It's just happening left and right. Morgan, we're next. I wouldn't be surprised. Our twenty. We actually have like twenty three listeners now, which is kind of awesome. So shout out to you guys. Indeed. Um, next movie, um, one of your favorites, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Where do you think it sits? Uh, I know that this one isn't doing that. It's. I want to say like the tomato meter is like an eighty two or an eighty three. And the audience is like probably the same. So you're right with the audience score. Audience score is about 81. Um, but the tomato meter is 88. And I think the critics get this right, even though like some of them think it's rotten. I love like you and I love this movie. Yeah, 2049 is really good. The first one sucks. Like, yeah, I don't like the fir- Jack. I don't like the first one. I think the first one. If you saw it when it came out, you love it. But if you're my age and dad never watched it, so he never introduced it to us at a young age to be like, oh, this is such a great movie. Yeah, the uh, first one was rated higher than the sequel. And the sequel is much better. <laughs> I mean, like the first one is fine. It's just like I never I didn't understand what was going on in the movie until the last 10 minutes. I'm like, oh, this is what they were building to. I didn't know what it was going to either. I until I realized I was like, oh, they're just trying to stay alive forever. But I guess they can't. Yeah, 
And uh, I, Harrison Ford was drunk the entire movie. I'll still say that it was his worst performance that I've seen in a movie yet. And I've seen parts of Air Force One. Yeah. <laughs> Air Force. <laughs> what have you seen parts of Air Force One? Caleb watched it last year and he enjoyed it. And there was another one too, uh, the The Fugitive. Oh, I like that movie. It's not, I mean, I've seen bits of it. And again, like, they're all better performances than what he was in Blade Runner. Yeah. And I get maybe, oh, it's supposed to be the world that he lives in, but I'm, <laughs> they could have gotten some hobo off the street <laughs> to do the same job that he did. Uh, Harrison Ford, uh, on replicants and, uh, cells interlinked. Uh. <laughs> I, I like listening to him say replicants, like, talk about that, but I mean, the worst is like when he like tells, I don't remember what the girl's name is. His love interest, Rachel. Is that her name? Rachel. <laughs> I have no clue. Whatever the lady in the black suit who turns out to be a replicant. When he's like, kiss me, he like forces her to kiss him. I'm like, yeah. No. Oh, what the hell? Yeah. There's a lot of morally wrong things that happen in that movie. Yeah. I, I'm surprised. I mean, I'm not. I'm not surprised because I know that 2049 didn't do well financially, and I know people. I think people didn't want there to be a sequel made. Yeah, I don't know. I'm it's one of those. Sequel. It's one of those cult movies as well. Yeah, you and I are in a cult. The 2049 cult. Yeah. Um. So moving on to the next movie, Star Trek Beyond. Oh God. Um. I. Th- pretty sure it's the lowest for both for other the the lowest for the it's well yeah out of the three new ones Uh, might be the low i know it's the lowest for the tomato meter i don't think it's the lowest for actually the audience score i know there's some very vocal people who don't like into darkness but i think you're one of those people what i I was not even Oh, really? I was not anymore. I just don't care. I mean, they're just what you see is what you get with those movies, honestly. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of depth yeah. behind them. It's I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, though. No. Yeah, no. Like some people like I understand wanting to like a deeper meaning to the plot, like the depth. But also it's just like if it's not fun after a while you're and if it's not like engaging and it's just like, Oh, heavy. It's like, shoot. But like the star Trek movies are fun. They don't take themselves like overly serious. Like they understand what they are. Like they're serious to a point, And then they're like, we're in the year 2300 and we're flying spaceships and we're ex we're doing expeditions and God knows where. Yeah. So, I bet it's like 79 for tomato meter and like a same for the audience 75. So it's an 80% audience score and an 86% tomato meter. I interestingly enough, the lowest tomato meter ranking is into darkness with 84 for uh, both fans for, and- to, uh, for tomato meter. It's at or into darkness is 84 an audience score for into darkness is 89 oh, with wow. the original beat or the 2009 one beating both of them, the tomato meter being 94 and audience score being 91. 
I think the first one is the best made movie out of all of them, but I think the third is the best Star Trek movie out of all of them. I agree. The second one is, I like the second one, but there's just like the third one, like, cause like I watched and I've been on, we've been on record here saying this before. Like I watched the original Star Trek series in high school. Cause I was a nerd. Like during, <laughs> I remember during like lunch in high school, like during the lunch period. And when I got done eating lunch, I'd go do homework and watch Star Trek, like by myself near the auditorium. I don't know why. Like, I just was like, my friends were hanging out. I'm like, I'm just going to go do homework and watch Star Trek. <laughs> Jesus, I went and played hacky sack. <laughs> um, no, I, I stopped it. For, I, I didn't do it. I didn't continue it in high school. It was just a phase I went through freshman year, just watching all the Star Trek shows or all the Star Trek episodes. Um, but yeah, I really like the. I really like Star Trek Beyond. It's so fun. It's no, it's it's a really fun movie. I something with in darkness. I don't know. It's just like it's the, like the darkest out of all of them. But I mean. They kill like everybody on the Enterprise. Well, yeah, and all of fucking San Francisco too. <laughs> the ship blows through like ten skyscrapers. Yeah, true. So many people died. It's like on par with like Man of Steel. Oh yeah, all of Metropolis. Di- Was it Gotham? Where were they? Metropolis? Metropolis. Yeah, all of Metropolis died. If it was Gotham, Batman would have definitely murdered superman um yeah but yeah beyond good movie very fun mm-hmm. beastie boys for the win and the final movie that i have is um 20 or 2007's transformers I know that I know that this is the highest out of all of them. I know for a fact that this one is because <laughs> these movies got continuously horribly worse. I love all of them. They're all great, except for I mean, the second one, 100 percent has racially motivated Transformers in them, where they like Michael Bay was like, yeah, this green and blue Transformer, let's. Let's like make them sound like African Americans and like completely stereotype them. And it is so bad. Yeah. But I the third one I love. The fourth one is a complete fucking joke. And the fifth one is the fifth one actually sucks. But I love all of them because they're so stupid. The first one, um I'd say it's pro. I know it's not higher than like a 77. I'd say the tomato. I, Cause I've looked at it before. I think the tomato meter is like a 77 and the audience rating is probably like a 74. Um, sorry. I'm looking up the other transformers movies now. Um, so the tomato meter for transformers is 58%. The audience score is 85. <laughs> I didn't think it was that high. <laughs> I just, I just remember watching this as a kid and like when you first watch I remember first watching Transformers and thinking it was like the greatest thing ever. I was like this is this movie has got to be the greatest movie ever made. Um Michael Bay. It's a good thing he stopped making these movies. Yeah. Um he needs I to have, take a break. I have pulled up actually I want to ask you the rest of these to the tomato meters on the rest of these are like comically low um the first one is definitely the highest what is the tomato meter of the second 
Revenge of the Fallen. It has to be in like the 20s, like 28. It is 20. What do you think the audience score is? Probably like a 60. 57. <laughs> this movie was so like, I just remember Bad. like, I just remember liking like two parts and it was mainly just revolving around his roommate who ran that website. <laughs> his roommate was like a crackhead too. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, the third one, Dark of the Moon. What do you think the tomato meter and the audience rating is? I think that one was a high. I think that one was like a step up. I think that was like a 35 or like like the audience rating is like a probably like a 65. Dead 70. on with the tomato meter is 35. Um, Dark of the or the audience rating was 55%. Um, yeah. That's Leonard Nimoy's in this movie. Did you know that? Yeah, he's uh, Sentinel Prime. That's crazy. I don't know why I know that, but I just know that. Yeah, it's kind of sick. Also, like him turning into be a bad guy, everybody kind of knew that was going to happen right away. Age of Extinction. (laughs) This one is okay. I wanted. I was waiting for you to bring this up. Actually, let's just start talking about it because Michael Bay. This is when he should have realized he needs to stop making movies because he devoted an entire subplot to Mark Wahlberg's movie daughter. Like the daughter that is in the movie, she's like 17 years old and she's dating some 21 year old. And he's like, he devotes a whole subplot, like in scene to like them being able to legally date because they've got some Romeo and Juliet laws. And like, they like write it down to like the specifics of it. I'm watching the movie. I'm like 16 <laughs> at the time, 15 at the time. I'm like, what are we doing? Why <laughs> is this a scene in the movie right now, Michael Bay? Like, this is so creepy. Like that you just like decided to add this into the movie. Like, if you're gonna like try and make this a weird subplot of the movie, like figure it out. I it was so weird, but oh my god! And then I don't remember the bald guys. He looks like he reminds me. <laughs> he reminds me of Matt. Uh, like whatever the whatever that creepy Matt from good morning America, the actor, one Matt of the Lauer. Movie, yeah. One of the, one of the actors in the movie looks identical to him though. Like well, he Matt Lauer is a creepy guy in real life. No, yeah, I know. You know what I mean? I've heard, I've read the articles, but I, I bet you this one has like a, I want to say it has like a 40, but I think it's like a, that's like a 30, 22. Is seventeen. Ah, <laughs> uh, I shouldn't be surprised by that. The more I think about it, the more the only good part is when they're riding dinosaurs. Yeah. Um. The, the fourth installment in Michael Bay's blockbuster Transformers franchise. Nothing is in disguise. Fans of loud, effects-driven action will find satisfaction, and all others need not apply. This is a two-hour and forty-five-minute movie. Yeah, it was a long one. Oh my god! Well, at least the Dinobots cool for like that 10 minutes they were in it oh there's a like recurring theme with like all of them though like as like the movies go on like the less and less you get of optimus prime and i bet you the well it's apparent with the fifth one once you say that but i mean i think the rating it got the audience is probably 30 the audience rating for age of extinction yeah it is 50 it's I saw it and I probably would have given it a 50 as well. It's just a dumb movie. I went and saw it with my friends in middle school or high school, however old I was when it came out. I want to rate this by top. 
Oh my God. So this one guy really enjoyed the fourth installment of Transformers series. Blockbusting CGI action aplenty. Nothing new there, of course, but liked Wahlberg coming and injecting some much-needed new blood. Only gripe is two hour, 45 minutes, way too long. That's your only gripe? Okay. He was just um, angry the whole time. He's an inventor. That's just funny how, like, my, Mark Wahlberg doing Transformers is not something I would have ever thought that I would have heard. Mark Wahlberg is doing a movie this September about playing an ex-convict who's becoming a pastor. Oh, boy. It's well, like father or something. I saw it and I was like, Jesus, Mark. <laughs> Mark is just going. Mark is making money, though. I'll tell you what. Mark is making bank. Oh, my God. Him and The Departed is so funny. He is so funny in The Departed. Have you seen The Departed? I'm not. Oh, my God. That movie, he is really funny in The Departed. I liked him in Uncharted. Really? Yeah. I didn't like the way that they had Sully, but I liked Mark. You didn't like him as Sully. You just liked Mark. I didn't like the way they wrote Sully. But he wasn't. He didn't feel like Sully from the games. I'm not gonna like sit there and be like, "Ah, oh, they need to feel like the characters in the games." But like, it yeah. like it just. I I don't know. I think that kind of made him too hard to be. I think they were purposely making him unlikable. Like at points, and I was like, "Okay, we come on, <laughs> yeah." Um, and I won't make you guess the last night unless you want to, but, um, I bet it's like 10 40. Yeah. It's like 43% audience and 15% tomato meter. Yeah. The last one sucked. Optimus was in it for like eight minutes. I want to say, why was he only in it for eight minutes? What did they deal with the rest of the time? I couldn't tell you. It was bad. Did you that was a Bumble- bad movie. Didn't the Bumblebee movie come out? Did that movie ever come out? I think that's probably the highest rated of all of them. Oh, shoot, it is. 90% tomato meter and 74% audience. That's got Hilly Steinfeld in it. Oh, and John Cena. John Cena's in that movie. Damn. Shout out. Um, John Cena's also in the Fred movie. The Fred movie? Yeah, the guy from Nickelodeon who was always screaming in a high-pitched voice. Fred. Oh my god. John Cena was Fred's dad in the movie. I forgot Fred was a per oh my goodness. John like busted out of like there's a refrigerator, like the Kool-Aid man. And he was oh like, god. You need to get in the military lifestyle because I think he was still doing like that military persona. From like when he was in WWE. Yeah. Cause he never oh. John never was in the military. No, he was not, but he's hustle hustle loyalty respect. Oh, dude, exactly. this poor kid who played Fred. Nah, he probably never yeah. got another role in his life. But he was set for life. Yeah, he's he'll make that money. Um. Anyways, I found this. this I was just looking at the lowest ranked movies on Rotten Tomatoes, and I saw the new Fantastic Four movie had a 9% on tomato meter. Yeah, the fan forestic movie I didn't I've never watched and I never plan on it. Yeah. I don't know. Just fun little thing. Talking mm-hmm. about tomato meters. Yeah, it was. We'll, we'll be on there someday. What do you mean? The tomato meter. Rate rating stuff. We'll be the we'll be the we'll be the tomato people. Oh, for like the uh, for the uh, critics. Critics, yeah. Yeah, we've gotta do a while of that. Hopefully we'll get there someday though. Yeah, 
After I read Uncharted. Yeah. And after uh, I may or may not review um, Avatar 2, because I know you're not going to see that movie. Um, wait, I said I never said I wasn't going to see Avatar 2. I thought you didn't like the first Avatar. Just because I didn't like it doesn't mean I'm not going to see the next one. I don't know. Oh, unless if the second one is like three plus hours long, then I might Dude, sit there you and know like, it's going to be. It's three plus hours. It's Avatar. It's James Cameron. If it's okay, if it's over three hours and like 20 minutes, then I will probably not go see it under over three hours, five minutes under. You think so? How, how long? I don't even know. Let me tell you how long the first one is. You I was going to type in the avatar avatar. How can you get last airbender? No. Yeah. Under hundred percent. Wait, what was the first one? Though? Oh, wait, maybe I'm wrong. First one is two hours and 42 minutes, but it came out in 2009. Uh, if it was 2009 and it's 2022. Look at you do the math now. Well, now I'm trying to think. I don't know now, actually. I feel like Avatar 2 could... It'll be under 3.05, but I think it'd be at the three-hour mark exactly. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't know that that came out in 2009. Isn't it crazy? Nah. The world will keep rotating if Avatar 2 never comes out, so... Wow. It's anyway. okay. It's not a great movie, though. No. Anyway, I'm curious I if they're going to use that same dude from the first one in it. I wonder if they're going to use Zoe Saldana. She did a really good job in the first one. She did. She did. A, she did a really, really good job in it. Um, let me see. Avatar two cast. Oh, Sam Worthington. He is coming back. I guess. I wonder if he's still in the wheelchair. I forgot how the movie ended. If he chose to. Live as a blue person for the rest of his life. I think he's living as a blue person. Oh, Shout okay. out. Good for him. Vin Diesel's in it. I wonder what family he's protecting. His name isn't Vin Diesel. What's his name? It's like something like Mark Sinclair. Or Sinclair, Mark Sinclair. Yeah. Wow. yeah, exactly. How do you get the name Vin Diesel? Who knows? What the hell? That's crazy. Who knows? Anyways, I don't have anything else to say. I'm kind of just looking at whatever's interesting right now. But yeah, that's that's the Legionnaire for the week, I guess. Um, I guess if you enjoyed the episode, feel free to share with someone else you think would like it. Rate us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, send them to someone, one other person who you think just would like one. it. Yeah, just one, please. Just at least, like, so we could just at least double our audience, please. Um, but yeah, if you have an e uh, question, email us legionairepodcast at gmail.com, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Legionnaire Pod. But I guess with that, I'll let Cal send us away. We are Legion. Legion.